What is going on everybody and welcome to Icy Mike's. We had a little bit of an absence going on and we are back in business. Dan Kelly, my co-host, he's going to take a little bit of a leave of absence. He'll be back for some of the listeners that we have. Don't worry, he is he will return. But right now with me, I have a new co-host to fill in for him and that is Addison Shumagala. Addison, I had John uh back in 4th of July episode. It was a lot of fun doing that. I'm glad to be able to bring you back. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, first, just want to say thanks for this opportunity. It's wonderful to be back. Uh, Dan, you will be missed, I'm sure. Um, you know, hopefully I can step in your shoes a little bit here in your absence. But, Those are uh, tough shoes to fill. But, oh, for sure. But here we are. Uh, again, Icy Mike's on the built-in Buffalo Network. Let's go ahead and jump right into things because we have so much to talk about we've been gone for a bit and right away uh, we're going to talk about some news possibly some old news for some of the people that keep track of the bills religiously and so i have daryl johnson jr getting traded i mean to me this didn't hit me that hard honestly i thought that we that the bills themselves have uh solid depth at the defensive tackle position and the defensive end position, I feel like the D-line itself, really, they went heavy in the draft, and I was okay with that. I really did want Eric Stokes, if, if I'm being honest, but it's okay. He went to Green Bay. Story for another day. But as far as the depth on the defensive line, I don't think this hurt the Bills too much. And, and uh, it made sense. I mean, the, you, can't have, you can't keep them all. You know, and so, and then I, what, what do you think, Addison? I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like it, it was, it made sense. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I think it did too. In, in fact, I think this was a pretty good trade. Um, you know, like you said, the Bills had a lot of depth at the D-line position. Um, I think we still have, or correction, I think the Bills still have um, nine, ten guys on the roster for the D-line position. So, I, I think that the Bills going out and trading Daryl Johnson to get that six-round pick for him, I think that was I think that's a good value. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe that becomes value later on. I mean, it doesn't mean right. that. Who knows if they even use that pick to pick? Maybe they throw that into a package deal for another trade later on. I Absolutely. Mean, it just you, puts another bargaining chip up, you know, Brandon Bean's sleeve for another opportunity down the road. And we know, as we as everyone knows, that Brandon Bean does like to make some deals happen. And and that's kind of how the Bills have ended up where they are, honestly. So, I mean, I'm, sure. not, I'm not against it. I'm not either. In fact, I, like I said, I think, I think it was a really good trade. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. But in a different tone, I don't understand where... Even the players, even the players in the NFL have it clouded where everyone should rank in the top 100 players. And what I'm saying here is that I'm glad that there's Bills players that made the list. Don't get me wrong. But this is voted on by the players, and Josh Allen still ends up 10th. How does he end up 10th? I mean, I feel like I can make a strong argument for him to be 5th, but... I mean, what do you feel? Do you think tenth is fair, or, 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 because he, in my opinion, what was he ranked last time? Last year he was eighty seventh. Eighty seventh. So it's a tenth. Eighty seventh to tenth. A quantum leap, if you will. Uh, I think it should have even been higher. It should have been even more of a leap. I say five, but that's just me. Where are your thoughts on this, Ed? 
Well, um, it isn't just Josh. You know, we had four guys that made it on the list this year. We had Allen at 10, Diggs at 11, and then you had White and Beasley at 95 and 96, respectively. Um, in all those cases, you can easily argue those guys bumping up a few slots, at least in, for Allen and Diggs. Um, and then for Beasley and White, I, I could argue 10 to 20 slots jump. Um, but, you know, that, let's not take away the fact that the players recognize the talent that Allen has, and they, they gave him that jump all the way from 87 to 10. I just, or, or, correction, I agree with you, Mike. I think he should have been a few slots higher, but I'm not upset about him being 10. I think, you know, he's still in the top 10. I mean, it's a big deal to be in the top 10 players in the and entire league. I, I agree with you there. Maybe we're splitting hairs, but I, I still feel like it right. just isn't justified enough for him to be 10th when really I feel like he's one of the better players in the league, especially, oh, especially with such a, a leap there within the past three seasons. And... Well, not only that, but you got you got um, you know he's being talk he's the talk of the league right now. Allen, he's got the number one jersey sales right for for one, and also like um, on Good Morning Football the other day, they they um, I want to say it was Mike Ross. My, Mike Ross was on there, and he was he was making the, the bold prediction that Allen's going to be the league MVP this year, and, and, I, and that's a very real and win the Lombardi Trophy, and yes, and win the Lombardi Trophy. I'm a little upset that that. Um, Kyle See, Brandt wasn't, you know, wasn't on the Bills. On the same track. Well, yeah, and, and you know, it's tough, too, because I really do like Kyle Brandt. I love that whole show. I love Good Morning Football. Uh, with, with that being said, I don't like when, especially, we're on a show called Icy Mics for a reason, and these takes are ice cold. I hate when it gets taken to an extent where analysts are guaranteeing MVP status, Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not saying that the Bills fan base and Bills Mafia shouldn't be talking about it. Of course. I mean, that's what every team strives for every season. And if anyone's locked and loaded, it's the Buffalo Bills for another go-around. But I always try to err on the side of caution, and I try to approach every season with it being a new season, and it's not going to be exactly the same as it was a season before. And so the only thing that I try to do is just be realistic. And all I hope is that they're better than they were last season. And that's, that's where I'll leave it in hopes that, of course, I want them to be at the Super Bowl, just like any other Bills fan there is. Of course, is. yes. And, and to go back to the NFL Top 100 list, I mean, like I said, with Allen and Diggs, I, they're, they're in – Allen's 10, Diggs is 11th. Like, I think Diggs, I think 11 is a great spot for Diggs. You can make the argument that he should be in the top 10. I feel he should be in the top 10. And, but when you look at it too, though, like Diggs is definitely. Well, if Allen's not as good, if Allen isn't as good as he is, then Diggs is in the top 10, if you really think about and it. That too. And, and another they thing, too, is there's not that many duos that are in the top 10. So that's, that's a quarterback and receiver duo going so close into that range, which is, which is fantastic. Right. Uh, the, the only thing that I think that got, uh, you know, and like I said, there we're kind of splitting hairs within the top 10 there, maybe even top 15. It really doesn't get any better than that uh, when it comes to talent in the NFL. Uh, but where I do believe there's a little bit of some snubs here, and uh, I think with the Beasley thing, 
vaccine thing out, out the door. I don't want to talk about that right now. That's that's politics, and, and I don't want to get that interfered with football talk. What I'm seeing is Cole Beasley is a slot receiver, and if he didn't get hurt last season, he would have won over 1,000 yards. The, the yeah, Bills would have had two receivers on their roster going over 1,000 yards. Yeah, and both of them got hurt that season. Right. So and, and, and so there was times where they missed games. They missed time, and yet they still... Stephon Diggs did eclipse a thousand yards, and Cole Beasley was well on track to do so. And if you add his yardage into the playoffs, he did. Yes, he did. So, so the fact that he was able to do that in the slot receiver position, he was the number one slot receiver in the NFL, no doubt about it. Still is, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, and I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, but you're right. I agree. He he should have been. He should not have been. Down at the bottom of the list. Yeah, like I said, he or he could have made the jump. I think he should have been jumped at least another ten to twenty spots. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying you put him up in the top ten like like everybody like like the the previous players we were talking about. But I do believe that he is much better than he's given credit for, and the fact that he was able to fill in that role when needed all season long. Even he played injured a couple times too uh, and, and and made such a difference. He was that difference maker and so I think that he should be applauded for that and uh, deserves a couple more spots. And that leaves us with Tredavious White. I think that Tredavious White also deserves to be up a little higher. I mean I'm glad he's on the list but here's where my thing is is that he is so important to the Bills defense and the reason for that is because not necessarily I I'm not on the train that everyone else is on I know uh, you believe he's a shutdown corner correct I do yes I mean because and think about it too like shutdown corners like that is a cornerback that does his job he prevents the guy he's covering from getting targets that's exactly what he was supposed to do is it flashy no does he get a lot of attention in the league no because the ball is not going his way and that's exactly what he's supposed to be doing and when it does go his way as as um you know you brought before you know he's there to make the, the big plays i mean is he perfect no but he's he's there to bat balls away he's there to make key interceptions he's there to force fumbles to even secure fumbles like he he is a well-rounded cornerback and i definitely feel like he deserves to be higher on the list and one of the people that was higher on that list that I still am a little upset about is Marshawn Lattimore. I think Tredavious White is a better corner than Marshawn Lattimore. So I think I think here's in the, like this might be a conversation for another day, but as I'm saying, like uh, we can't always agree. And I think Tredavious White is fantastic. I have his jersey. I, I think he's a very good player on the Bills defense, but I don't think he's as shut down as he's as he's talked about. But I think he is fantastic in his role. He plays on the Bills defense, and he fits that scheme. I don't think he's necessarily going to go on to a, another defensive scheme and, and do such a good job. Who knows? I mean, that may never happen. We, remember, we may never have to see that, and hopefully it never does, because he fits the Bills scheme so well that that's how everyone feels about him. And I'll leave it at that. I, I do think he's a fantastic player. I think he deserves to be up a few more spots than, than where he's sitting. But I think that there's some argument to be made that he fits just specifically how the Bills would like to run their defense. And and that's okay. I mean, honestly, uh, that, that's that's important that you're on the right team. So exactly. I think he's on the right team, and I love him for it. Yep, he's a scheme fit through and through. Through and through. All right. And so that being said, I mean, a scheme fit through and through – 
and trades happening, some cuts, some confusing cuts, Reed Ferguson off the team, on the team. Expectations now that we have a 53-man roster. Week one, man, we're going in to its home, and they are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming to Buffalo. What do you think, man? What do you think this game is going to be? Is it going to be a Sean McDermott kind of win where, you know, they grind it out and, you know, they do everything that's asked of them and it's very methodical, strategic, and it's just well execution all the way across the board? Or is it this flashy win where Josh comes out and just guns a blazing, 350 yards plus, you know, touchdowns galore, crazy offensive plays, I mean, what do you think? I mean, like, where where do you think about this? Because I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm somewhere in between there. I think it's going to be a good game regardless. I, you know, straight up off the top, Bills are going to win. That's my take on that. Hey, I'm with you. But, but you know, like you said, what, what kind of game are we going to see out of the Bills? Are we, like you said, are we going to see a Sean McDermott where they're going to play it smart, grind the clock down, you know, a very, workman-like, a very workman-like win. And, and that's the kind of football he likes. And I like that about him. And I, But I think it's perfect because him and, and Greg uh, Dable, they, it, it goes perfectly. I think him and Brian Dable, I mean, that, that it, goes, it goes perfectly because, you know, he just wants to give Josh Allen 100 throws a game if he could. Well, and, 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 and Sean's like... Let's try to mix it up a little. <laughs> yes. Well, here's the other thing, too, though. Like, so, yes, McDermott likes that, you know, that workman's attitude going into the game, playing smart football, and, and that's very much needed, of course. But I think Allen, on the other side of the ball, too, also kind of complements the flashy plays. Allen works. He, 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 you know, he likes to throw the ball, and he throws it well. He's, he's obviously shown that last year, how much he's improved, and I, and I think we're going to see another great year out of Josh. So I think McDermott will still call his conservative plays, but at the same time, you're going to see Josh make some big throws. And I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see this new off – well, not new offense, but I can't wait to see the additions we've made on offense get out there and ball out. Like, I'm, like John Brown was, was a great addition to the team, but I think Emmanuel Sanders is better. And Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, what I noticed in preseason, uh, and we'll get to preseason in a minute, it, it, you know, with preseason, I feel like the – the plays that Emmanuel Sanders is in there, right there on the last, like I think it was the last preseason game, Josh got some time and so did Emmanuel Sanders. He was hitting him like seven yards, six yards, eight yards. And he was catching it and he would turn it into a couple more yards after the catch, you know. And and that means something. That, that there is a substitute if your run game isn't working that day. And, and so, in my opinion, you almost can phase out your run game if you need to, if that is there and, and the defense is giving you that. And that showed right there that you don't necessarily – what's great is I think Emmanuel Sanders runs better routes than John Brown did. I think John Brown was great, and I think he did a lot of great things for Buffalo for the time that he was in. He served his purpose. I, he, the fact that he went over 1,000 yards the first season that he was with, John, uh, with Josh, and him and, and Josh developed a very good chemistry – and he played like a number one wideout. I think almost above his even, I think he played above his own ability with that amount of pressure on him. And as the emergence of Stefan Diggs coming in, he kind of took a back seat and then he's just kind of slowly got phased out of the system. 
and then we and then the Bills bring in Emmanuel Sanders, and I couldn't be more happier about it because you have now you have two, three guys now to, to count on: Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, and they are fantastic route runners. That is going to be the difference this season on offense because Emmanuel Sanders he went for seven hundred and seventy yards with a Saints quarterback crew that Drew Brees was in and out of the lineup. They had that uh they had Hill playing quarterback who, you know, they're trying to force him to be a quarterback at this point and he's a gadget player. But yet Emmanuel Sanders was still able to accrue seven hundred some odd yards receiving. And I mean that's fantastic. I think to add him to the offense, even at thirty four, is a big asset. I am totally on board with you on that. Right. And and not only that too, like you also had Michael Thomas out for majority of the year, so that also helped to bring target towards Sanders, which just gave him, I think, more of that, um, more of those opportunities for him to shine. But also, he had to step up into that role to help his team out when he was playing for the Saints. Um, but I kind of want to take a step back on that because you did mention the run game, and I think it's important to note that I don't think the Bills' run game is going to be non-existent this year. I think the way the strides that Singletary took this offseason to be a better running back and to really secure that number one spot on the team, I'm excited to see how our run game is going to turn out this year. Uh, agreed. I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't be more on board with you on that. I, I thought that Devin Singletary looked like a number one running back in preseason. I mean, again, we got to take some of the things that we see in preseasons with a grain of salt. But but as far as what I saw from Devin Singletary, it, he put in the work on the offseason. I think he knew that he could have been technically on the roster bubble. I mean, just from talking with friends and, and even some people, even in the Built in Buffalo network, they were talking about how, they think Terry is the odd man out. When Bills went out and got uh, Matt Breida, you know, they got Zach Moss, and Zach Moss kind of proved to be a little bit more productive last season than Singletary. That he did. And so it, it was kind of like looking like it was getting a little bit of a crowded running back room and not necessarily being circled around Singletary. So the fact that he went and did all this offseason work, put in all that exercise that clearly shows, I mean, the guy is shredded. And, and, and he bulked up, and it showed because he was bouncing off tacklers, would-be tacklers, and, and so I'll, I'll say this. I mean, he looks like a different back and rejuvenated, and I think he looks well entrenched into the number one running back spot unless he can be dethroned, which I don't think that can happen. I think, I think Zach Moss is going to have to take a little bit of a backseat, and Matt Breida is going to be more of a screen-slash-pass pass game uh, effectiveness or even like the the jet sweep as we saw he has he has fantastic speed especially around the outside yeah. I mean I think he, they're going to use him a lot more than we think as far as Matt Breida goes but I'm with you uh, as far as the Devin Singletary being the number one back and who knows maybe the run game can get rejuvenated but and so, well, it just goes to show the testament of his character and his work ethic. I mean, he he recognized that he probably could have played better last season. He recognized that the Bills added more depth to the running back position. Maybe maybe in efforts to you know boost his competitive nature. Maybe it was because they just honestly weren't sure of his future. But he took the strides necessary this offseason to work on himself, to get stronger, to get better, to get faster, to get in in way better shape. And it's definitely paid dividends. And, and it doesn't help when, or like, well, it does help actually when your coach and general manager are calling you out. You know, uh, they had mentioned right at the end of the season there, they, they did talk about the offensive line needing to improve, but that they were going to explore 
you know, trying to improve that run game. And so if I'm a running back on a team that, that that's what they're saying, I'm going to take that personally. And I feel like he did. I feel like he went out there and he tried to make improvements to his game to secure his role in the offense. And I, that just means that somebody wants to stay. I mean, I feel like he really wants to be in Buffalo. He enjoys it. Be, he enjoys being here. If he didn't, he wouldn't work so hard to stay on the team. And, and it right. showed. Yes. So the other, the other preseason thing that I want to talk about is some rookies we have here. And we're not going to go over all of them. I thought that Boogie Basham, honestly, he disappointed me a little bit. I, I expected him to do more. I, I, I also think to myself, well, it's three games, and, and it's nothing. To, it's really hard to get an expectation going out of three games, but somebody who did impress me, and I know also impressed you, so I'm going to let you take the reins on this. Greg Rousseau, take it away. Very impressed with Greg Rousseau. I mean, so we we talked about this in the offline a, a little while back, pre-draft, about who we thought the Bills should take in the number one pick, for, or correction, for, or for uh, the Bills' first-round pick. And I actually was hoping that we were going to go a different route. I know you did too. Um, however, yeah, I wanted Eric Stokes. Yes, and uh, I wanted. Uh, um, you know what? I can't remember who I wanted. Doesn't matter now, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted Eric Stokes. He went to Green Bay. I mean, regardless, he's got great speed. I was really hoping to get that answer on the other side because Levi Wallace has been locking it down, and maybe he deserves more respect than he gets. But, but. Because he's been hard to replace, and so I'm just saying I was I was really hoping that the Bills could have figured that out that answer right, there, yeah. but I'm not mad at it. And like I said, your guy Greg well, Rousseau. You know, well, you know, side note on that too, Dane Jackson stepped up quite a bit too. Now he's he's what third or fourth in the depth chart for cornerbacks. So yeah, he's made great strides as well. But to you know get back to the defensive end talk, um, Greg Rousseau has shined in preseason. I mean, like you said, it's just three games, and many of those you know. Many of those plays were against backups, but um, even, when he, even when he played against the starters, he shined. Like he was, he was get. First off, he was beating his guy on the outside. He was playing the containment game very well. He was making sure that the quarterback and or the running back, whichever one had the ball, was staying inside. Um, he also has that reach. I mean, that reach. You, oh <laughs> well, I mean, gosh. when you're the size of a tree, it's really hard I, I to. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad for any offensive lineman that has to take him on one on one. Uh, the size differential, even, I mean, offensive linemen are big. They're big men, and still, uh, just the the size differential for Greg Rousseau uh, is such an advantage. And he's not just big, he's also fast. He's right, and then the other thing, too, what I really liked about him is the way he uses that to his advantage. Uh, a lot of the sacks that he did get, I really liked how he had the he had separation between him and his blocker, and he would use that, and he almost would use his blocker to push off, and then kind of dive at the at the at the quarterback. And you know what? He would take him out right at the waist, which is perfect because Boogie Basham, uh, not to call him out or anything, because he he went and he almost got a sack. But he hit him too high and then landed on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. That was, I mean, he's a rookie. He's and, gonna, but it turned into a penalty, and it's really difficult. It's a really difficult thing to learn how to sack the quarterback in the NFL. I think uh, this is a conversation for another episode, but Jerry Hughes struggles now because of the new rules, because he has such great presence at rushing the quarterback. But when he finally gets to him, he doesn't really know how to handled given the tackle there's so many times i've seen a, a quarterback break out of his his tackle because he's not quite sure how to 
stick it to them because it's, well, it's not that easy. Well, the league's adjusted a little Without, too. I won't say changed. I'll just I'll say adjusted because you know I mean they're really like last year they were coming down pretty hard on on roughing the passer, but this year it's almost seemed like that's taking like a, like like three or four times step leap forward, like or not forward but higher. Like it almost seems like now if you touch the quarterback at all, minus like wrapping up his waist and carrying him to the ground gently, and it's going to be a penalty. and putting a Sealy mattress. On the field right, and then right. setting him down, three or four players yeah. just slowly letting him down and 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 yeah. telling him specifically, letting the quarterback tell you specifically where you want to put him on the field. I feel like right, yeah. and then and then giving him a pillow and singing him a lullaby is nothing short of what they're asking for. <laughs> but I mean, but to go, but to take you know, but if you sing the wrong lullaby, it's a flag. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a toxic conversation for another day. But anyways, to kind of go back and back up my, my argument with Greg Rousseau, he was the highest rated rookie for pressuring the quarterback, 33%. Well, that is, a, that is amazing. I also think, too, because he has somebody on him, and then yet he's still working his way to the quarterback, and he's so big, he could still reach around his blocker. And get it as long as you can just get an arm. And how big he is, as long as he can just grab the the quarterback at least by the shoulder pad or something. Just grab, just put a hand and like, get a, get a get hand in the front of him. And there, there you go. There, there's pressure, and, and and he's either gonna have to get out of that spot and move, or you know have to deal with hands in his face at, yeah. at a constant. I I can't wait to see what they do with him on week one and see what kind of pressure he can put on Big Ben. Well, I'm also curious, too, to see what his pressure will do to the rest of the defensive line because eventually teams are going to have to adjust to his speed and his size and him getting around and putting, like, hands in front of the quarterback or hands on the quarterback and and forcing teams to have to adjust to the double – Double block him, which then opens up the middle on the other side. Yeah, or uh, yeah, which a double a double team's huge because if you, you can't double team everybody, no, you can't. We also have the Bills have Starlo Tule back. Yeah, and that's one of his jobs on yeah. the defensive line. Which, is to which just Oliver had it last year, which I think he's a little undersized for that, and so I'm I'm glad that Starlo Tule is back because Ed can go back to doing what Ed does, and 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 that's taking on you know a one on one block where he can use his finesse and his speed right. and his and his size to his advantage as far as being a little undersized he can be a little bit quicker than the guy across from him and star uh, can eat up blocks like crazy like he did a couple seasons ago and so i'm excited about that because think about it you double team star and then you try to double team rousseau I mean, I, Jerry Hughes might see a resurgence of his career in this last go around. If that's if it, if that is his last go around, and you know what? Because as you mentioned way back in the July Fourth episode, Jerry's getting old. Yes, I, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry is getting old, but Jerry is still in great shape, and mm-hmm. Jerry can still get to the quarterback. Agreed. All right. But, so I mean. I mean, I'm not going to go – we're not going to go diving deep into the rookies. I, I think that uh, Greg Rousseau is the one that stands out to me the most. I really hope that Boogie Basham comes along just as good. The only the only other rookie I, w- I kind of want to mention, just to, just to touch on it, is, is Stevenson. Um, I – you know, he's on IR now. Right. Which, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I think that kid had a – I think he was going to make the team just as a special teams return. I think he has a bright future. I think that, you know, you can only hold on to so many slot receivers slash gadget players. So I think that eventually the Bills would have to move on from certain players. And, I, I mean, 
I really hope that they do kind of wise up and hold on to Isaiah McKenzie until until further notice. But, I mean, if you can get a guy to almost produce the same things and do the same things that he can, then, you know, that, that'll help. But, I mean, that might be why they drafted uh, such a guy. Well, I mean, we saw it. We saw it too, though. They they kept Stevenson on the original roster until they put him on IR because they cut Ferguson, and then when Stevenson went to, got put on IR, yeah, to, ma- to make room, back. yeah, to make room. Uh, and and the, well, I mean, they had they wanted to keep Ferguson, so they did that on purpose so that they could put him on right, IR which, and then fill that the, roster which, spot. But it goes to show like what the Bills were willing to do to keep that rookie. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Clearly, he made an impression somewhere. Uh, but I mean that that's about it for me. I mean I think as far as wild, wild goose, I wanted to keep just because of his last name, and I'm glad he's on the practice squad. I am too. Yeah. Uh, only because I just in his career, I just want him to get an interception and take the defense on this crazy return for the announcer to say that it was a wild goose chase. That's. I just want to hear that. I want to hear that once, and I want to hear it on, like, Monday Night Football oh, yeah. or something. Especially especially if it's, like, a key last-minute you know, interception, interception <laughs> return for 80 yards. You know, like, and you took a wild goose chase. Oh, yeah, that's all. I, I, <laughs> that's I, all, yeah, that's all I'm thinking about. But anyway, unfortunately, he didn't live up to his name. But hopefully, practice squad can do something, bring him back, and uh, we'll have Wild Goose back on the roster. Doubt it, but... Looking forward to it. All right. That being said, preseason's over. Week one started. We already went over our expectations. But, you know, some teams, they've, they've made some decisions about what, what the direction they're headed. And one thing I want to talk about is the release of Cam Newton and the fact that the Pats are going with Mac Jones. And, okay, I mean... I was thinking to myself that maybe they should have held on to Cam Newton. It's not every day that you get, you know, an NFL MVP, uh, a former NFL MVP. And he's also been in a Super Bowl before. It's not like he doesn't have experience. So so my thing with that is just I don't understand the the move. I feel like they should have just made him a backup. But yet they, they cut him all together. Yeah, I, I mean... It was kind of a surprise to me, um, especially because, you know, like you said, Cam's got a lot of experience. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess I can understand why the Patriots move in that direction. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be Bill Belichick. I mean, he's a very, very intelligent head coach, and he makes the decisions he makes because of what he knows and how well he does as a head coach. Right. Um, and, and also, I know you're, you're not a big Cam guy. I'm not. No, I, I'm, well, I wasn't going to say, but since you brought it up, I'm not a Cam Newton fan. So, I, I'm a, you know, whatever. But, feelings aside, um, Cam does bring a lot of knowledge to the quarterback room. Cam is still a talented quarterback. He's not a nobody. He's not um, as amazing as he used to be, but he's not, he's not bad. Right. Um, and not only that, but without Cam Newton, who do you have behind Mac Jones? You have Jared Stidman, who's out right now, by the way. So, and that's it right now in the Patriots quarterback room. Right, they're they're relying a lot on their coaching staff to make Mac Jones something. Well, not only that, but you know, God forbid, Mac Jones comes down with COVID or 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 even just goes under the protocol. True. You know, who, who do they? They're gonna have to bring up a practice squad guy since Stidman's right. out to, to fill in for him. Maybe they take Julian Edelman out of retirement. 
uh, to play quarterback. Hey, you know what? I that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I doubt. Uh, I highly doubt that. But. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, the the only thing that I do say is that uh, you know it's really tough to question Belichick's Belichick's decisions, and and the reason being is because some of the things that he's done. I mean, it's been uh, he's proven himself to uh, know what he's doing. So uh, it's really hard to argue with some of the things that he does. And I think maybe he just feels like Mac Jones gives him the best future outcome. Well, uh, well the other thing too is, is um, you know, Mac Jones shows a lot of the same qualities that Tom Brady showed. You're right. You know? uh, and yet, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because that's something that I've mentioned before too. And I, and I think that uh, that's something to be recognized, honestly. That being said, I mean, you know, the Patriots though they can be they could still be dangerous. So it could still be like a a, a three headed monster race to win the division. And I, I'm not saying that anyone's going to best the Bills this season, but I do feel like the Bills should probably be looking over their shoulder at the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, but I mean. I'm just saying that because you can't underestimate Bill Belichick and, and the Dolphins quietly won 10 games last season. So that's that's all I'm saying about that. But as far as the Patriots go, I mean, Gilmore is out till week seven. So that really could be a rough road uh, for the Patriots. Uh, you had looked at their schedule and it said that, I mean, there's, a, there's some possible losses there, especially not having their top corner uh, being out there on the field to help them. Well, you know, Mike, it's not just the fact that their top corner's out until week seven. It's also the fact, too, that, like, yes, they, they believe in Mac Jones, but he's still a rookie quarterback. Yeah. He's going to make them rookie quarterback He mistakes. will make mistakes. I agree you know, with that. He's, that he's going to have to go through that process to learn and develop, and that's that's fine. But, I mean, let's look at let's look at what they got coming up. All right, so this, this weekend on Sunday, they play the Dolphins week one. After that, they got the Jets. Then they got the Saints in week three. Then the Buccaneers week four. And then they got the Texans week five, Cowboys week six, and then the Jets again on week seven. So yeah, it's, I mean that's no easy schedule. No, but uh, something that I did mention and right, bef- right before, uh, honestly, I think it was just a little bit back. You had mentioned something about Mac Jones fitting the system, and uh, it reminds me very much so of a quarterback that they had, a very Super Bowl winning quarterback that is now in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I feel like. Uh, Tom Brady started out being a fit to the Patriots system and then developed into a very good football player, obviously one of the greatest to ever do it. And if not so, the if not the greatest to ever do it. I hate to admit that. <laughs> I mean any Bills fan would never want to say that, but <laughs> yeah. here we are saying it. Yeah. And it's because the fact that he could leave the Patriots, go to another organization and still pull out a Super Bowl. I mean that just shows his work ethic, what he expects from his teammates. And I mean that's a that's something that uh, you know you can admire, but as far as what I'm trying to say is Mac Jones reminds me of a lot of those aspects where he's able to manage the game, he's able to dis- to distribute the ball very well, he his throws are very calculated, and I'm not saying he's not going to make a mistake because obviously like you said uh, a rookie quarterback is going to do so, but. What I saw in preseason for Mac Jones is exactly what the Patriots are looking for in a quarterback. And they didn't have to trade up to get him. No, he dropped to them, and uh, you know, to the uh, their luck, like they always get. He was he got drafted fifteenth. 
which he was upset about. You could tell. You could tell he was upset because he thought he was going to go higher than that. And well, he was, but you know, he also knew he was going to the Patriots. Like he, you could see he was even when he was interviewed after he's picked it. After he was picked, he had that that big smile on his face, and he was like, "I knew, I knew I was going." And, and you know what? What better situation? I mean, what better coach to land with, especially with the type of quarterback that he is. Yes. So, and, and on top of that, too, like the Patriots added a ton to their roster in the offseason. They went from they, one of the highest, um, one of the highest cap space teams to now being the lowest. Oh yeah, all they, of the, the picks or all the, the uh, contracts that they made in the offseason. Well, they got two really good caliber tight ends, which. That is honestly an aspect that the Bills need to worry about because tight ends seem to be one of our weak, like covering tight ends seems to be one of our weak areas. Mm-hmm. And now the Patriots have two solid tight ends out there that, that Mac Jones can throw the ball to. Oh yeah, it feels like they went and purposely did that. I mean, the Bills they brought back pretty much everybody the same on that defense, and so therefore they struggled against the tight end previously, and I feel like that's just going to be a a continuous struggle unless they find a solution to that and they know that and so they're gonna try and that's something that Bill Belichick does the best is he really does uh, magnify most defenses weaknesses and I feel like that he understands that the Bills are sitting at the top of the AFC East and he wants to dethrone them so the best way to do it is to attack their weaknesses and he went out and he got his organization to get some of the uh, one of the better couple tight end duos in the league and so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes but I do still feel like the Bills will pull out the the division Uh, and I just think that all I'm trying to say is that they just need to make sure they pay attention to the other teams because the AFC East itself is getting better and what better way to lead into this uh talking about the AFC East getting better Zach Wilson Looked pretty darn good in preseason work, and so and they're raving about him. And uh, I'm not saying he he he's not bad, but do, what do you think about the Jets? Do you think they're do you think they're uh, gonna land fourth or they? Uh, I think they're gonna make make a run for third in the division. You know, I, I think the Jets still got a lot of work to do. Um, they they've definitely added to their roster. You think they'll be better? At I, think, least? I think they'll be better. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll save the the rest of my comments on Zach Zach Wilson for the speed run. But um, but I definitely think that the Jets overall improved their team. Uh, I mean, they couldn't really get much worse, to be honest. But <laughs> you're not but, wrong. There. Yeah, I, but as far I, as I, I agree with you. <laughs> but as far as that, getting out of that fourth spot in the AFC, I don't I, personally. I don't see it happening. In my opinion, they did Sam Darnold so wrong. They did. They, I mean, like I they, feel like they they're, did, yeah. they're, and we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out in Carolina uh, whether we're right on that or not. Uh, and hopefully, they build around him. But the other thing is. You know, with Zach Wilson, it, it seems like they at least went out and and put some weapons around him. But I, we have a new segment uh, that we're about to add into Icy Mike's. But before that, you got something to say? Yeah, I just wanted to, to just close on the, the on the Jets and the Zach Wilson and the Sam Darnold um, exchanges. You know, we're, we're going to find out week one, Mike. This Sunday, the Jets and the Panthers go at it. Right, and we're going to see if uh, Sam Darnold's still seeing ghosts out there or uh, if he's figured out an NFL defense. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, Zach Wilson 
also can see ghosts. Well, you know, I think, I, I, I tell you what, I definitely think, though, that... Uh, Do you think Bruce Willis was on that field that day? Like a sixth know. sense with Sam Darnold? Maybe. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, yeah. it, it, playing it, would ex, it would explain something. Playing the 12th, <laughs> the 12th man on defense. Yeah. But I tell you one thing. Sam's definitely going to go into that game really looking to... Stick it to the Jets. And and you know what? Uh, more power to him, especially if he's got a healthy Christian McCaffrey. And and that Carolina team can uh, hold up. I, I'm kind of rooting for Sam Darnold, to be honest with you. I feel like he, I, 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 I feel like he wasn't given the best situation in in New York and so I hopefully his career could take a complete 180 you know and uh, we're not even going to talk about that statement he made on Monday Night Football but we have a new segment on Icy Mike's and I am so excited to bring it to us we have a speed round in this speed round what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up some topics Addison and I are going to talk about our opinions on each topic, and we're going to make it quick. We're not going to ramble on, but it's just things that, you know, uh, come to mind sometimes where it's like you look at the NFL and you just have certain thoughts about certain teams, and, and you just want to put it out there. There's some things that I don't think get talked about enough, and so hopefully it brings it to the, the fan base and we get some, uh, we get some uh, Twitter action if anyone wants to talk about it. Here's some speed round topics we're going to hit real quick. And like I said, if you disagree or you agree, I don't care. Reach out to us on Twitter. We'll give you our Twitter right at the end of the show. Uh, Here we go. go. Speed round. All right, Addison. Russell Wilson and Seahawks, do we take them serious enough? I think we do, yes. Uh, Don't get me wrong. They're a good football team. Russell Wilson is a great quarterback. Uh, But I don't think that the Seahawks have made enough strides in the offseason to make them uh, a you know, a better team than the Bills. I think that the Bills are still a better team. I think we, I think we take them seriously enough, and I know that, um, you know, if and when we play them, that we'll, we'll do just fine. Okay. Well, my thing on this though is though. Okay, so Russell Wilson is a fantastic quarterback. I think he's one of the best ones to to, to, to do it. Uh, they also have a fantastic uh, offense. I mean, they got a great running back and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Bobby Wagner on that defense. I feel like I mean, it's not necessarily like they're underrated but at the same time i feel like we're not talking about them enough i feel like the nfl doesn't give them enough credit i mean they they're not much removed from their super bowl appearances i mean their roster's pretty similar to what it was if no, not some additions no but this, what the seahawks do it seems every year is like they make a great run like they're going to be a you know like like in the race for the Super Bowl, and then they collapse at the end of the season. I do think that they need to invest in more protection for Russell Wilson. He can't run around for his life forever. No, and he was, and, and he was scrambling the, around. And he was, if not the most, like one of the top three most pressured quarterbacks all season. Right, and, and then they take advantage of the fact that the guy can move in the pocket. I, I agree with that, and maybe that's where they need to make some improvements. Uh, but in my opinion, I think that they still need to be considered a, 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 a better threat than what they're given credit for. Uh, but again, that's what I say about this show. It's so great. We don't have to agree. But anyways, something we already talked about, but we're going to hit it again in the speed round. The Patriots, Mac Jones. Are they dangerous with Mac Jones? Are you worried about that in the AFC East, especially for the Buffalo Bills? Right now, no. Uh, Mac Jones, like I said, he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to make the rookie mistakes. Um, he's got a lot to learn and develop. Obviously, the Patriots stuck with Mac Jones. They believe in him. They trust in him, and they think that he's going to be the future for them, and that's fine. But right now, no, I do not think that the Patriots pose um, 
with Mac Jones specifically, a, a uh, more of a threat. I think with the weapons that they added around Mac Jones, maybe a little bit, yes, but I still see the Bills take on both both games this season. Okay, and you know what? I, I will say this. I, I feel like we're going to see more than we expected from Mac Jones and the Patriots. I think they're going to win more games than we expect, but at the same time, one, especially when the Bills meet up with them in December, I think that one of the best things that – it's going to happen. It's going to be a good showdown, first of all, because Mac Jones is going to have all season to prepare by the time he gets to that point. But Sean McDermott loves rookie quarterbacks, and, and I, I've noticed uh, throughout his tenure with the Buffalo Bills, rookie quarterbacks do not do very well against the Bills defense because they just know how to handle it. Uh, he throws a lot of looks. Him and Leslie Frazier, they throw a lot of looks out there that a rookie quarterback just hasn't seen before doesn't know how to diagnose and it showed uh justin fields didn't even adjust his uh his coverage against backups uh in preseason and got clobbered yes it turned into a roughing the passer penalty but at the same time that's just another example of what the bills defense likes to do especially against rookie quarterbacks where they just they, it's a hard adjustment and they give them a lesson in what it's like to play against a very solid secondary Right, and well, here's the other thing to note too with Mac Jones. I mean, now, granted, he's going to get used to it, and I'm sure he's already played some games like in cold weather, but Mac Jones is from Jacksonville, Florida, and he went to college in Alabama. So now he's going to be up in New England where it gets very cold, and he's going to have to play the Bills both home and away, cold climates. In December. December. In December. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, that's something that's probably ignored a lot because no one really brings that into factor, but I mean, the, even when the Bills get a new stadium, by the sounds of it, it's going to be an open stadium so i mean weather will still be a factor regardless so right. he's gonna have to get used to it sooner rather than later now because too the bills play the patriots both games actually in december uh that will definitely give mac jones some time throughout the you know his rookie season to develop and to you know learn how to play against some NFL defenses but again i still i still don't think he's going i don't think he's going to you know develop as much as he needs to to beat the Bills. I, you know, I, I can't argue with you there. I, I mean, I do think that they're going to be dangerous. I think they're going to have more wins than we expect, and I do think that the Bills should at least be paying attention to the Patriots because they're making a lot of moves to try to really knock the Bills off of, of the throne, so to speak. But with what you said there, uh, you know, as far as the weather goes and all that stuff, like that's a, that's a great factor that no one really thinks about. But at the same time, I feel like back in the day when you and I used to play, uh, when it gets cold, uh, you almost enjoy it a little more, especially if it's not super cold, uh, because what you, you get playing, your body temperature gets uh, rising and stuff, right, yeah. and you get moving around. You almost prefer it to be that way. It's good football weather instead of uh, instead of super hot. Yeah, you know where. Right, right, exactly. So, so who knows how those games will play out? But if weather plays a factor, I'm all for it. Uh, but Mitch Trubinsky, I bring this up because if the Bills make the playoffs and the Bears don't, does he get the last laugh? Does he get? Does he get to be like, ha, I told you so, and that he made the better decision to be like, okay, you guys don't want me. I'm gonna go with a franchise that does. Yeah, I'm playing backup quarterback, but. We're going to the playoffs, and you're not. Well, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, I don't know if Mitch 
will have necessarily, I don't know if he'll have a last laugh. He'll definitely giggle, you know. Or a chuckle. He'll get a kick out of it. He'll get sure. a chuckle. Yeah, but, you know, not the last laugh, but, but a chuckle. But, you know, the Bears got some work to do. You know, they, they brought in Justin Fields because they think that he's the future, and maybe he is. You know, I, I definitely wish the guy the best of luck, and I hope that he is the future for the Bears. But I don't think it's going to be this year. And, you know, Mitch, yes, wasn't wasn't appreciated enough there, needed a fresh start, comes to Buffalo on a one-year contract. Yes, it's the backup position, but he's in a system that wants him. He's expressed already um, his his favor towards the management and towards the head coach, you know, Sean McDermott. He, he definitely wants to be here. Now, I'll tell you one thing. If the Bills come out with that Super Bowl ring, he's gonna be laughing his way all the way through, all the way around Chicago. Right, that that'll be the last laugh. That'll, I mean, <laughs> you, yeah, you yeah, listen, yeah. I expect a tweet. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, Mitch. If you win a Super Bowl, you heard it here first on Ike, Icy Mike's. A tweet is deserved, uh, but so. I agree with you 100%. I, I think that he does get the last laugh. Though. I mean, I, it, in my opinion, though, I think, you know, the Bills make the playoffs. The Bears don't. I think that Mitch made a very fantastic decision with his career. The reason why I say that is look at the leap that we talk about with what Josh Allen took. I mean, a lot of that is Josh Allen's own drive and, and his own willingness to try to get it, just continue to strive to get better. But – a lot of it's also look at what the coaching staff was able to do with such a player. If right. Mitch even has half that drive to become a better quarterback, he will become a better quarterback. And 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 who better to be backing up Josh Allen for this season? And and what's great about that is maybe that'll resurrect his career, and maybe he goes and finds uh, greener pastures and gets to play starting quarterback for some other team. But. At the same time, the Bills have an insurance policy right now, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm focusing on right. is that you got somebody that can play very similar to Josh's style and run that offense as needed to win games in case, God forbid, Josh has to take some time off. Right, and, and you, yeah, I, know, I know this is icy mics for our ice-cold takes, but i, I got to put a warm take on here. Just, just, just a lukewarm take. A lukewarm take. As, just to, as you will. Just to throw it out there, you know. Let's say Mitch goes and, and, and has a great season. Like, not, not to say that he'll, you know. Have to play. Have to play. And, and no offense, Mitch, but obviously we would prefer Josh Allen to He does to bring play. experience, though. I mean, you're not. I mean. Well, he, he does. But, but where I'm getting at with that is, like, maybe he enjoys himself so much before he sticks out for another year. And which is not a bad idea. I mean, I'm not saying it's a, it, right. I'm not saying he's going to run right off after the season's over. Uh, if he does, that's fine. I mean, I understand. He and wants to. He wants the, to start. And that's but, the reason he came here. Right. But at the same time, uh, you know, if he if he ends up not sticking around, I get it. But if he does, yeah, exactly. And then you have two solid quarterbacks. You're almost in the same situation that Philly was in when they had. Uh, when they had Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Like, so you had Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. I mean, wow. Like, it, it, it was crazy because the way that it, that played out, it was like, all right, yeah, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz got him a certain way in the season, and then Nick Foles just finished the job and won the Super Bowl. And beat the Patriots. And beat the Patriots. So, so what we're talking about is exactly what I'm saying is like what better situation to be in for the Bills. And I think if Mitch even so say say if that happens, Mitch does that, I think he's getting the last laugh and, and a couple more giggles on top of it. But 
Moving on, this is supposed to be a speed round. We've kind of ran a little long for the speed round, but we'll get better this, we'll get, you know, uh, here it is. But Dick's back in Dallas. Yeah, he's back, but does that mean anything? I mean, does it mean anything to you? Because in my opinion, I feel like the Cowboys are the Cowboys, whether it's Dak, Dalton, or uh, Gary that, that throws the garbage in the back of the truck. Because in my opinion, <laughs> you got great receivers catching garbage because that's what it means to me. Like, they can score a million points, but the other team's going to score a million and five points because the defense can't stop anything. What do you think? Oh, well, ooh, Dallas. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> they're in Texas. They're, they're in Texas. Great state. Great uh, state. I do like the state of Texas. Um, Dallas is a great city. I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan, as uh, most of you don't know, but we'll come to learn. Um, and, you know, the hype with Cowboys fans is, you know, they're, they're very supportive of their team and, and, to some extent, a little overboard. But, um, you know, Dak's back. I'm, I'm glad Dak's back. I'm glad he recovered from his injury. Yes. Because that's, you know, that's not, definitely not an easy stride. No. But is Dallas a better team with Dak Prescott? Yes. Absolutely. Dak is a good quarterback. Dak's actually a great quarterback. But, you know. He's better than Dalton. He's better than Dalton. Um, but, you know, the thing is, it's like. But are the Cowboys any good? <sighs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Thank I, you. I think you're going to win more games this year with Dak behind the Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Absolutely. But do, but do I think that they're going to make a, a – and, and honestly, with their division, they may even make the playoffs. Because, yeah, I mean, they don't have – last year um, – they, they, they almost did it even with, like, very few wins. I, yeah, I, mean, but, I, I can't even remember the number, but I, well, the, the it was sad. Well, the two going. I, I want to say – what was Washington or New York? I – I, I can't remember, but I, I know yeah. the record was seven and nine. The my memory escapes me, but yeah, it I wasn't. It wasn't fantastic, no. and all I know is that the numbers, like I, the, the fact that they even had a chance with what their record was. I know it was a four. It, it blew my mind. It was a three-way split with seven and nine, and like certain teams had to lose, and this team had to win. It was it was crazy, but um, but again, that was Dan Dalton behind center, not Dak Prescott. Had it been Dak, I think the Cowboys won in division. They probably still would have lost in the wild card round, but I, I mean, and every team plays better once they hit the playoffs and I get that but well every team also plays better with their starting quarterback or center I agree with that too but also I'm trying to say is that I mean you can't you can't have a Swiss cheese defense no no and then and and then and then let that Swiss cheese get old yes and and grow more holes and then never try to fill those holes therefore your defense is the same if not worse because they never addressed, in my opinion, I mean, I don't follow them enough to know every move they possibly have made, but I know for a fact that they didn't, they didn't go out and get big-name defensive players. They spent so much money on their offense, and don't get me wrong, I love their offense. If you want me to just look at the Dallas Cowboys as an offense, I love Ezekiel uh, Elliott. I love Elliott. I mean, what a, what a great running back. You can't put the entire team on his back anymore because he's just not that kind of player. But he is a, he's a key player. And, and then Dak fits in very well. Obviously, I don't think he's like the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but he fits that scheme. And then you got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, 
and Michael Gallup. I mean, I, I, he's got weapons. He has weapons, and and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I really do yeah, their enjoy their, their offense. Is fantastic. It's the defense that bothers me, and they don't ever go out and get anybody to fix it. Well, and part so of the therefore, issue, though, is they spend all, almost all their money on their offense. And then so therefore, in a new stadium, uh, and so therefore, they're just never going to be anything to me besides. Eh, the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. Yep, because uh, they them boys. They them boys. And so I think that they, they just get uh, overhyped. But, I mean, that's that's what we have here for the, the speed round. And so what I'm going to say here is that this has been a, a great comeback episode, in my opinion, Addison. And so it's been a pleasure having you on, and I look forward to multiple episodes with you until Dan returns and makes his glorious episode with the crew. And, and hey, maybe we get a three a three headed dragon going on. Who knows? Maybe. And uh, and <laughs> and and he just and he, and he just jumps back into icy mics, and 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 we get and we get some sort of uh, crazy show going on with uh, more than two people which I'm not against. So that's all we have. This has been, like I said, a fantastic episode. It's been a great, I feel like we got a lot off our chest for honestly a buildup because we haven't been able to talk about anything for a couple weeks. So that's all we have today uh, for Icy Mike's. Thanks for listening on the Built-in Buffalo Network. Uh, I am Mike Shimbersky. You can hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Facebook, I'm just Mike Shimbersky on Twitter. I am Mike Shimbersky at M-I-K-O-L 2531. Addison, you just got a Twitter. You're I, on. I did. I You're did. on. You're in. You're I in the did. Twitter game. So, yeah, coming back. You know, I realize it's important that I need <laughs> to have your Twitter. Especially so. the football world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, if you guys want, you can follow me. My Twitter is S-A-S-Z-U-M-I-G-A-L-A. No numbers. Just that. Perfect. And then Facebook, bro. Uh, Facebook is at SZUMI09. Perfect. Yo, and so we're going to be posting this. Uh, just be keep your eyes out, guys. It's going to be everywhere, especially on the Built in Buffalo Network. Be sure to tune in. Uh, we'll be back again, actually, Sunday for week one. We're going to talk about what we expect to see coming up. Uh, and who we expect to be having breakout performances and everybody else that we see as far as other teams around the league and what we think about what those matchups are. Uh, and be sure to comment on the speed round. Uh, we're going to be doing that every single episode. So uh, we, will, we will improve, though. It will get faster. <laughs> it will get faster. It was a little bit of a turtle round, if you will. Uh, but, hey, that's our first one. You guys have a great night, and we will talk to you Sunday. And football's back! And football's back!